Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds. I'm Valerie Donahue, and on this podcast, we'll travel around the world to learn everything that we can about individuals who choose to create businesses from scratch. We'll dive into what drives them, what stops them, and what inspires them in order to identify. Are there common factors that unite us as entrepreneurs across continents? Here's your next episode. We're in the business center of Bogota, Colombia, at a beautiful co-working space, Panda Labs, with founder Matias Bailen. Panda Labs is one of the first co-working spaces in Bogota, and they won Coworker of the Year Award in 2018. They're also one of the official TED Talk spaces here in the city. How cool. Thank you. Matias, thank you so much for having me. To get started, I'd love to talk about you being a first comer here in this space. I know that you guys were here before we work got here. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started? So we, we the idea definitely originated in what we were reading on newspapers, on sites like uh, Business Insider, a similar site from Sweden. Sites here in Colombia were talking about how we work and different co-working spaces, a new way of working. And we had the spaces. So we we wanted to start trying it out. But it that it, it was definitely in a in a moment here in Colombia where nobody knew exactly what it was. So we had to explain to everybody what was a co-working space. So that was funny. Yeah. yeah, how did you go about that? How did you start explaining that? And how did you start getting your first customers? So we started out uh, just like talking to people, like our, our power base, like the, our family, our friends, our relatives, our known, yeah, the people we knew. When we started talking about it, people were like confused if we just rented spaces or what, what was the difference between a co-working and just rent the space. So uh, like it was hard at the beginning, but yeah. So it must be so exciting to be one of the first and then it's also, it, it comes with its own set of challenges. How did you see, you know, from the time you got started to now, now that, um, you know, companies like WeWork are now here and, and the concept is getting more normalized, how are you seeing your customer base changing and growing? So we definitely have uh, much more people that come to our spaces and already know what's happening. And especially with like the online area, era, uh, people know already like, What's the, what's the status quo in Bogota about co-working? So uh, they, they go to three or four spots when they come here, or they at least have talked to a few more co-workers. So, so they absolutely know. Now I think it's, it's a new era because uh, now everybody knows, but since uh, the whole a WeWork scandal with Adam Newman, that it was not a, a good business model, that uh, he had to step down, he wasn't a, a good CEO, like like he sold his own uh, 
WeWork uh, like logo and, mm -hmm. and all to his own company. Right. Yeah. So so uh, it's it's definitely a, a moment where people stop looking at like the 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 normal co-working mm -hmm. and ask if it's really a good business. Uh, and I think people are proven wrong when they come to our spaces and they see what we've built and they see what we we're making and 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 it's and and it's fulfilling like like I feel fulfilled that people come here and they feel special that we're building something special and how do you go about thinking you know you know from the layout to like the community aspect of it how do you provide that special experience okay so so co-working started uh Uh, with the with the need of freelancers and mm. independents, but uh, what we we've seen proven is that open spaces don't work because okay. uh, they 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 usually distract more than help you concentrate and focus on what you're doing. Uh, so uh, what we we focus here in Panda is that. We, we look for close spots where you can work on your own things, but we have a set of open spaces where people can network. Mm -hmm. So it's important. And, and I think we have had the, 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 the reverse effect as, well, we have close spots, but they're closed by glass. Mm -hmm. So you see everybody work. Sure. You feel like the, the obligation of okay, everybody else is working, I have to work too. And you get more stuff done just because you see everybody else working. So it's kind of a funny layout, but it's it's a winning model. Yeah, um, y y like what you said just made me think of, uh, <laughs> there was something I was reading about like working, like when you're working collectively and, and obviously like there's like such a benefit, right? Like you're, like you said, like, when you see somebody else working, it's encouraging you uh, to work as well. Mm -hmm. And I had read something about when people would work in rice fields, mm -hmm. that the function of yawning, mm -hmm. like, and you know how like yawning is contagious, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the function of a yawn, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was like, I, I didn't interesting <laughs> thing. If somebody yawned and like then other people started to yawn as well, it was mm -hmm. actually like, the yawn is something that would like wake you up. Like it means that like it's getting later in the day. Maybe you're getting tired. And then uh, I think that how our brains got wired or according to, to, to what it is that I was reading is mm -hmm. that if you're like, if, if you're one person is tired, maybe probably the other person is tired too. And if the yawn is waking you up a little bit, then, you know, it's waking up the next person a little bit too, before they start uh, to fall asleep. Yeah. So it's kind of like this, right? Like you're saying, like, you, like you're working, you're doing your thing, but you're seeing other people, maybe you're getting tired, but you're seeing somebody else, you know, kind yeah. of being productive. It, it, it sparks for you. Okay. I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's super interesting. One thing that you mentioned right in the beginning was that you mentioned that, okay, we, we had the space. So did you have this space be before you started Panda Labs? Yeah, we, we, we bought the space for another company we have. But because of the laws here in Colombia, we had to change our, our, our offices to another space. And so we were thinking what what we, we what we could do to really like use the spaces because mm -hmm. because maybe the the traditional 
uh, just rent it out mm-hmm. and have one client sure. was like a bit boring. Yeah. I think, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's that's so funny. Like that you say, like the word boring, and and then it's also, well, it sounds like you're you're then a serial entrepreneur, and also like from what you're saying, it sounds like you have the space, you bought the space, it was purchased for something, but then, well, it's yeah for that particular purpose, it didn't work, and you had started to think, okay, how can I pivot and use the space and I don't know if this business is now more successful than the other business that you moved into the other space but it's you know there's something about that like all entrepreneurs experience which is like sometimes you have to pivot sometimes what you think you know you're about you're going to do like ends up being totally different can you tell me a little bit about um how that process was for you that like I mean purchasing a property is a big step to know that like you're now changing the purpose of the space to something different well uh, I, I think it's it's a hard process but I, I think it's a process that continually appears when you're creating a company or starting a startup so Uh, there's many things like you have to keep on pivoting Mm -hmm. even if it's not a space so for example like the open spaces we were talking about before my my original idea was having open spaces in the whole building but but what we learned is that it's not an efficient model and and everybody who starts a co-working they're almost always empty because mm-hmm. they only have open sp- spaces sure. and it's and it's painful to me I, yeah. I was visiting one of my partners in in another city here in Colombia and and I went to the co-working he was working at and he fi- found like a, a silent spot but it was silent because there were no more co-workers sure. in the space no. <laughs> but but it, it was like everybody was It, it was open so I, I was like oh it's painful yeah because you know like the chairs the there's a cost to it yeah but it's 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 kind of kind of the part of uh, okay how can we continually reinvent ourselves if this space looks the same in five years we've definitely done something wrong it's right because Because everybody wants new new things. We we want new models. We want new spaces. We want like the way we worked five years ago is not the way we work now. And and I think they're continuously trying to reinvent the spaces mm-hmm. and and pivot and look for a better model helps us push for the next pivot mm-hmm. in maybe one year. Sure. So maybe in, in in one year, we won't have uh, different companies in different spaces. We'll maybe have different companies, but segmented in different offices, yeah. uh-huh. which could be really cool if like all the marketing people of different companies were ah, sharing. Interesting. That's an interesting model, but you yeah. have to find like companies that They're are willing. To. willing. But 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 it's a possibility. Yeah. Like it, it can create a lot of value, and especially I think the other company we have that bought this space is there. We're still bigger, but at the same time, I think this space 
has created way more opportunities mm -hmm. than the other one. Because the other one, like we're all one team. Here, we're continuously about uh, between 30 and 60 people coming at, in and out, which uh, each one have five more that they know and that they can mm -hmm. bring or that they know uh, somebody needs something that we have or we need something that they have. So it's created a lot of opportunities. And the companies that have started after that, that I'm a part of, uh, are just because we had the space. So it's, it's, def it's definitely a space where opportunities have grown. How do you challenge yourself um, to think in such a flexible way, right? Because even, you know, I think that's, that's a glimpse into like your mindset, right? You're like, hey, like we're doing it like this. If it's the same in five years, then we're doing it wrong. And then, you know, I, I, I think like, for example, this concept that you said of, of having like lots of different companies here but then having the the space work around the different departments i think that that's unique i've like i've never i i haven't personally like heard or like thought of something in that direction like what what do you think like makes you like flexible in your thinking and like generating ideas uh i think i think what made me flexible was the need mm. So the need for me to fulfill the quota I had to pay for the building uh, made, me, made me more flexible. But I think a winning formula for, for to pivot right is to take risks based on what you talk to other people. Mm -hmm. So talk to uh, 15, 20 clients and if uh, 14 or 19 of those ask why why can't i have this mm. so so to the next client you just say and i'll offer this if you want and and the odds are that they they'd be impressed that like mm -hmm. it's a good service and that it's well designed and that we made a good investigation but sometimes like you you'd never know if you talk if you don't talk to people So many times we think about good models, but uh, they'd be good models to us in our set of conditions, with our circumstances, with our uh, financial capabilities, mm -hmm. but it's not the same for everybody. And, and everybody would have a different aspect, but there's especially like a, a, a common denominator in the majority. Mm -hmm. So you got to find in that idea, what's the common denominator in the group of people. And you talk, like you talk to people and, and you try to figure out the patterns mm -hmm. and then you take, take risks. Yeah. How do you systemize that? Do you have a system for that? Or that's just kind of something that's happening naturally think, for your business at this point? No, I think that's my system. Like okay. I, I try to talk to at least everybody I can to talk. Like, uh -huh. I don't have a quota, but yeah. if, if there's somebody that wants to talk to me or that I can talk to or that I want to talk to, uh, I try to find like his contacts mm -hmm. and, and I just look for the opportunity to talk 
especially uh, coffee is good for that. Mm -hmm. So I'll pay for the coffee and we get to talk. And then, then maybe I find a way to make him my client and that's good. Mm -hmm. But also any, any opportunity to just talk helps me find those patterns. And do you, so in all of that, like, do you, like, do you have like a project management system, for example, where you're like, okay, I'm going to, I need to speak to like five customers, uh, a month. And then, and then when they give me feedback, I write down the feedback and then I'm actioning the feedback or is this all in your head? I think this is all in my head, <laughs> but, uh, for example, our, our sales force, they have a quota of, or of 25 to 30 leads a day. Uh-huh. So that that brings uh, a new level of of people we can talk to, sure. And a new level of uh, of okay, you you're not interesting interested in this. Sure. Like if if we talk to about I don't know uh, six hundred people a day uh -huh. or, or a month, and four hundred are not interested. Uh, something's wrong, yeah. you know, and, and I don't have to talk to those 400, but I can talk to four people I work with sure. that talk to 600. And if everybody feels like this, this service is not that, uh, wanted in like, we will just try to pivot or find, okay, when you talked, what did they ask about or, or did they think the price was too high mm -hmm. or is it is it too new for like for example we have a new service uh with mailing in the u.s i think it's super obvious mm -hmm. uh but here like nobody uses mailing for residents like apartments and stuff uh -huh. so i i implemented a service that we can give to apartments so that the administration can give them like important information about uh, water or reconstructions or remodelings or uh, we opened the new football field in, in, in like our, mm -hmm. our building and stuff. So, so it's a new thing here in Colombia, which they already use in the US. It's super mm -hmm. normal. Uh, and I'm really pumped about it. It's super scalable. But we'll see if it's a, uh, a match here with sure. the people in charge. But we, uh, like, like we'll never know until we talk to people. It's sure. a risk. We'll talk to people and then we'll see if we have to pivot or not. Sure. And so one thing that's catching my attention, um, you know, when we're talking, you have this, uh, I know that you have this other business, then you have uh, this business as well. And then again, it, you know, it just seems to me like you're, you're constantly like generating something new. How do you, uh, how do you manage your time between all of the activities? I just work on a bit on, on objective basis. And then we do an analysis once, once a month. So we look like, uh, are we creating value? Uh, are are the, the distribution channels or the marketing channels really being effective? Uh, what, are, what are the common denom denominator of the clients we already have? How they see us? What are key activities? 
key resources, what are key partners we need, and is it cost efficient, uh, is the income good, mm-hmm. uh, is the margin okay. So I, I start thinking about like the whole business with the business canvas model, mm-hmm. and then and then I kind of look where we're bad, mm-hmm. and and I try to focus on fixing it, and then next month we'll see if it got better, uh, what what are the results, sure. um, and maybe if we should continue focusing on that, or we should keep or or change our focus. Sure, and and that makes sense, and but in terms of like running multiple operations like so I got it like within like this organization you have the KPIs and you're constantly uh, looking to improve how do you decide you know which of the businesses requires your time more is it like a 50-50 split no it's more like a, it's more like a need basis okay. so I do everything with Wonderlist okay okay cool uh, which is like even, even like my personal stuff like yeah. Uh, my wife needs uh, chocolate. Uh-huh. I'll put it in there. So, so I have like uh, key objectives throughout my life and throughout the businesses, Amazing. and then I put like uh, goals I have to do in, in order to help that objective uh, fulfill. So, for example, the idea with uh, with our sales force and sharing the sales force with our members in the working mm-hmm. uh, started because I needed more sales. Yeah. So I needed more more, more people to sell, but it wasn't scalable because when I finish renting out the whole building, then what 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 am I gonna do with the sales force? Yeah. So then I thought if, if I can sell for my members, uh-huh. then I. And and so the the need is I need to sell more. Uh-huh. Uh, my strategy is a sales force and, and make it uh, sustainable. And then I started like kind of make small goals from there. I start uh, recruiting people to mm-hmm. sell, uh, structuring how the uh, metrics for for me to see mm-hmm. if you're selling or not. Or, or if a, a salesman here in Panda is, is efficient or mm-hmm. not. So I start looking at problems mm-hmm. inside the big objective and I start putting those in, in Wonderlist. So talk to Jonathan about sales this week. Uh-huh. Talk to Jonathan about uh, Juan Diego and his sales uh, efficiency or how efficient he's been this week. Has he gotten better is he still not mm-hmm. doing all the things he has to do etc etc so it, it kind of goes from a, a big global objective uh-huh. and, and we start asking questions to till we get to really tangible things we can do and then next month we'll see if that helped or not interesting you mentioned a lot um 
writing things down and having the goals both for your, your personal and, and for the business. And one of the themes that comes up a lot for us is like the mental overhead of, of doing anything. And, and what we're finding through conversations is that uh, like the more systems you have in place, like the more things, you know, you have in writing, they live somewhere and, and, and you can kind of reference back to them, the less uh, mental overhead it takes to run the business. And then you're able to achieve more and more because kind of those things that are actually you know they're quite complicated but they become they, yeah they just become part of the processes do you ever and it sounds like 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 you're in a pretty good place in terms of all of those things do you ever find yourself overwhelmed and like what are the yeah. kind of things that I think I, I feel overwhelmed every day every day <laughs> Because every day, like, you have meetings, you have things you have to prep for other meetings and uh, more more goals and, and more problems and more things you have to do. And it's definitely overwhelming. But I think that's why you need, like, a to-do list app yeah. <laughs> where you can just, like, write everything down. Uh -huh. And then when you have five minutes, because... You, you have moments when you feel overwhelmed and then you have moments you're like, I know I have to do things, but I can't remember what I have to do. Right. And just Or that idea. I, I feel like just like I know I have to do something, but I, I don't have anything to do. Yeah. So so that helps you a bit. And definitely when you feel overwhelmed and you end the day sober, just stop and go home and be with your family yeah. and share like big moments or try try that those moments uh, try to protect those moments because mm. if, if you don't have those moments with your family it doesn't matter if if you you're uh, finishing your goals it doesn't matter if you have a successful business like if you don't have Uh, a nice life it doesn't matter if if you're doing everything you should yeah. you know so so it's just you feel overwhelmed all the time uh, so just throw everything to one list mm -hmm. and go one problem at the time and when you have to go home go home and be yeah. I think that's that's just what I do yeah D did it take you um Was there some like learning of discipline on your part in order to one teach yourself to put these things into the list every day? So for because for a process to work, you have to use it. So did you? How did you teach yourself to be disciplined, or was that natural for you in terms of um, putting things in uh, into a system? And then number two, is it natural for you to be able to shut down and and go home for the day and spend time with your family and kind of like turn off, or is that also something that like took a, a certain kind of learning for you? No, uh, I I think the biggest incentive was like the frustration of forgetting things mm -hmm. so especially when they're like big business opportunities sure. and you lose them just because you forgot to yeah. do something that frustrates you a lot so you're like oh man I can't let this happen again so so that's what like I think that's the biggest incentive of making these disciplines work sure. of writing like not not only at work 
Fong also at home, like remember to buy those Christmas mm-hmm. presents. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to be intentional with her birthday or mm-hmm. her parents' birthday or mm-hmm. or being intentional with things. That's also like, oh, I did this. Uh, it worked. Yeah. Like it, it's it was worth all the discipline uh-huh. we had to make to like get here. You know, and it's definitely a challenge when you get like every time I get home, like the the ritual we're we're making is I start telling my wife all the things I feel frustrated with. Okay. So so when I f- when I talk to her about all this stuff I feel frustrated with, I remember all the things we build together. Sure. And that makes me feel good, and mm-hmm. that lets me like go into a family mood of just watching a movie on Netflix mm-hmm. or uh, we're gonna eat something or or ask her how her day was and what she's been doing and 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 especially well my 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 wife is an actress okay. so she has very different things she does every day which helps me like change my mindset sure but it's like Breath down and then, okay, we're home. Okay, stop thinking about, like, if you start thinking about things you have to do next day, just like try, I'll, I'll fix it. You know, like, like I know it's important, but uh, I work nine to 10 hours a day. Like, if I can't do it in nine to 10 hours, we'll do it, you know? Yeah. I'll survive. I think it's so sweet because one of the things I wanted to ask you next was about like your daily routine but what you um, what you actually colored was like such a sweet thing which is we know that having that being in a in a in a healthy and good relationship like having you know like like when you're you're you have a partner and and like that partnership works um it so enhances um your your mental well-being mm. and so this ritual that that you spoke about and everything that you said in terms of well you know um, your spouse's career is very different and so like it puts you into a different mindset i think it just colors like just so many sweet things about yeah. about uh, about having yeah. a partner like that um I, i think that's super sweet do you have anything else that's that's a part of your personal daily routine um do you meditate uh do you journal uh well, well every day i wake up at 4 and <laughs> I, I wake up, I shower, I get myself ready, yeah. and then I come here at the office, and at the office, I, I drink a cup of coffee, uh-huh. and I, I read my Bible, and, and I kind of think about everything that's happening, because okay. at, at five or, or, or six, Like you, 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 everybody still is sleeping, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're by yourself at the office, like you, you have side put mm-hmm. nice and quiet in, in the space where you can think, where you can do, like you can do like so, some analysis of what you're doing, if it's good, if it's not, uh, if you feel fr- frustrated. Sure. So, so I have definitely that spot where I read my Bible and I think how everything's going with a cup of coffee. That's, yeah. that's like the biggest part, cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, 
and then just throw myself in at every problem mm -hmm. problem that comes um, and then and then try to enjoy uh, with my family and everything that's like basically every day yeah so I wake up I try to like think about everything then I try to solve every problem I can and then I try to enjoy my family are you the kind of person that 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 thrives with routine uh, or do you ever um, do you ever do you ever feel like you get stuck in a routine I have a routine because it's important because uh, if I don't wake up and if I don't come to the office like I'll just stay at home <laughs> so and I'll wake up at 10 is there like a certain time like do you wake up at, at 4 30 because if you wake up at eight like it's like is there like a point of no return like it's either 4 30 or nothing or <laughs> yeah but I think if I don't wake up at 4 30 I'll just wake up super late and oh. then my phone starts exploding because sure. we start working at seven so everybody's so at 7 30 everybody's like messaging me and there's like a ton of problems and stuff but uh but for example on weekends since i, I usually work from eight to ten hours a day uh-huh uh, I, i just don't put my alarm and i'll wake up at eight Sometimes at six, sometimes at ten, uh -huh. so, sometimes at twelve. So it's really variable. Yeah, like and I don't thrive on routine. Yes, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's uh, tough for you. Yeah, but you do it. That's. <laughs> but I think I think my routine is simple. Like sure, I I spend time with myself. Then I try to solve everything, and then found. Well, like that's, simple in theory, like but like, a, I think that your routine is actually hard to execute. Like that early of a wake up time. <laughs> like lots of, you know, like we read all the books, right? It's like, okay, what do all of the most, um, you know, productive people in the world, how do they accomplish yeah. it? Okay. They wake up at 3 a.m. They take an ice bath. Yeah. They do all that. And then, and then like this, like what you're referencing, this like magical hour of like, or two where there's like very quiet, there's no, no people. And you can kind of look like you can, you can think for yourself. Like to me, like, so when you say it's like simple to me, like w when I hear like, okay, like if I could just choose from like a bunch of routines and choose one for myself like of course I would choose it that sounds wonderful except that like I personally like I know that I wouldn't I wouldn't personally wake up consistently every day at that time it's it just something that wouldn't work with my personality so like I I need like the variation I need like I need to be able to wake up super early one day if I need it but then to have the flexibility of the next day you know it's going to be eight o'clock so that's it and then like it has to like my days have to be structured that it's okay for them to be totally different each day and i would look like when i hear you i'm like ah i'm like so jealous i wish i could do this every day because i imagine how much more productive uh, i would be um but i know that for like with my personality it, it, it it's just something i i mean look never say never i can't it, it wouldn't be my pleasure yeah, to do it every like i could i could do it if i really had to i would suffer through it but you sound like you're doing it and you're finding the magic in it so then you're enjoying it yeah i i think that's like the the biggest part when you find the magic in the routine like you you'll end up loving it and then the day you don't do it 
you'll be like, oh man, like I missed that special moment in the day. So for example, on Sundays, since, since I wake up so early every day, my wife, she loves having me in the bed. But for me, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be to, like to stay in bed, but I want to look at videos. I want to look, check my mail. I want to see the news. Like yeah. I, I want to get going, but at the same time, I feel like like she's being loved, so I'm being efficient. Yes. But yes. but I think especially when you you find the magic, uh -huh. like there's nothing like a cup of coffee at five or six in the morning uh -huh. <laughs> and, and everything and you just can sip like the whole cup of coffee uh -huh. it, it's magical so the next day when, when you woke up late uh you're like oh man now i have to start running yeah. and the whole day is like one thing on top of the other and you're not organized you're just trying to get everything mm -hmm. done with but it, it's super special when you the next day when you do it again and you feel oh, I captured the moment mm -hmm. so I, I think that's that's like the biggest part I, I don't think it's like the the 4.30 or 5.30 or being a morning person like if you could do it at night mm -hmm. when everybody goes to sleep stay up late and drink your cup of coffee or, or whatever you like to do and mm -hmm. find magic in you'd be like this is definitely something special you yeah. know and and i think that the the magic you find in in the routine or, or things you do consistently help you be more efficient mm -hmm. so 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 i definitely understand because because i have a hard time waking up <laughs> like if i don't put an alarm clock on i'll never wake up like i'll wake up at one in the afternoon do you snooze like, your alarm i know there's two kinds of people right people that have 50 alarm clocks and people have one what are you i like? used to i used to <laughs> and it was bad you I, used to be a snoozer but now i I, I have a really heavy sleep uh -huh. <laughs> so so when i wake up before when i was in in school i used to start putting my alarms from 3 a.m because <laughs> if not i wouldn't wake up at <laughs> six or seven Because uh -huh. I, I wouldn't, I, I, I won't even hear the alarm until like six or seven. Uh -huh. But I think because of the whole uh, waking up early and I've been doing it for a few years now, uh, like it's, it's been easy to wake up early just because I've been doing it and my, my like biological clock is already set on 4.30, you wake up, so wake up, you know? Uh, so you only have one alarm clock now, and then when it rings, yeah. you just get up? Yeah, but it was hard. That gives me a lot of hope, you know? I have like four or five, hard. but you're saying that you're that, that I, you, you I could be like one 15. kind, and then well, sometimes. So the, the four or five, I have four or five, Um, but then I, I snooze all four or five at the same time. So probably like I'm also 15, right? Because then it's like they're going off like every I three did and a half minutes. I did everything. I put, I, I put the alarm clock outside the room. So I had to uh, like, like stand up <laughs> to snooze or uh, what else would I do? I, I would put on like the TV uh -huh. clock. So at 
uh, at six or seven when I had to wake up, like the TV would go on and then that wouldn't work. So I would put it in the living room. So I would have to stand up and go over there. Yeah. But definitely like the thing that made me start doing it was uh, finding like the magic in drinking a, a bit of coffee when nobody's awake and yeah. when it's still super calm. Yeah. Even like the cars outside, there's barely cars. So so that makes it special to me. Yeah. So that helped me with the discipline okay. more than anything else. That's a good takeaway because like, as you're saying, like all of the techniques, like I feel like I've also tried all of the techniques and it doesn't work, <laughs> but I think that you're right. Like I, I haven't found like, it, it, it sounds like you, you have to have like some kind of like a purpose for why you're doing it and not just a purpose, but like something that like, if I do this, like this is going to bring me pleasure versus like, well, snoozing in bed, like that's so yeah. much pleasure. Like, <laughs> so something that, that feels even better than, than the snooze. <laughs> so I'm going to consider that. Matthias, I want to say, um, thank you so much uh, for this conversation. Um, I, I really had, um, I really had such a good time getting to know you and, and, and it's, and it's, uh, it's been so interesting. And, um, and I think that, um, that, that you're, that you're such a that you're quite an interesting entrepreneur um, in the way that you um, in the way that you look at your time and learning about your routine and learning about how you um, segment the different things in your life and one of the sweetest things that you said during this interview and I just want to highlight it because I thought it was so special when you said about your um, your weekends and about your wife like that on Sunday you just like that's it for you. Like you want to go like get up and go. And, but you know that for her, it's important, like just the quality time of just like, like being next to you, like it's important. And like you said, like, like I understand, like that's how she feels loved. And so, but, and that's like already super sweet. But then you said, and in that, I know that I'm being efficient with my time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, um, that's so cool that you're able to put those uh, concepts together because it's not often that we think about um, spending time with our loved ones as being efficient. You know, we might feel like it's something maybe that, you know, maybe it gives us joy or it gives them joy or, you know, there's like, you know, there's something that happens in those moments, but but maybe I think a lot of people feel like they're, they're not efficient in that time. But in fact, like, you know, that that's the time that you're investing in your relationships. And in fact, this is the same relationship that helps you with your mental health when you're going home at the end of the day. So I think that that's, um, that's super sweet. And I think that that's like something that uh, all of us uh, can take away from this conversation. No, so I really thank you. No, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Thanks. Yeah. Time. Yeah, and we'll. Uh, I'm very excited to see where you go because uh, you seem to be a person that's very innovative, uh, and so uh, I'm curious uh, to where you're going to take the co-working space next. Uh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> it's going to be cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneurial Minds by Chatterboss. Our dedicated and on-demand virtual executive assistant team specializes in supporting entrepreneurs and business owners with pretty much any admin task. Go to chatterboss.com to learn more.